Welcome to another hard-hitting episode of Customer Cafe by Calabria. Calabria is a tool that turns good account managers into great account managers through the power of great collaboration. A great account manager is a team player. This podcast is made for those in sales, customer success, and account management as a place to caffeinate, ideate, and collaborate. Subscribe now for the latest brew. Let's Let's hit hit the the grind. grind. Hey, welcome to the show. My name is Menachem. Uh, I'm the VP of Growth at Calabria. And I'm Sharon. I'm the Senior Content and Community Manager at Calabria. And we are joined today by Jakob Cohen, CEO of Harmony and lead investor in Calabria. Uh, We'll introduce him in just a moment. But before we get started, uh, I just want to say that uh, to anybody listening to this, if you're in sales and you're probably in sales because you're listening to a sales podcast, uh, we would love to get your input on Calabria. Uh, the app that we're creating is built with you in mind, and we want to hear from you. So if you love giving unsolicited advice, this is your chance for it to be solicited. Please go to <laughs> Calabria.com and uh, you can sign up there. I personally will get in touch with you. Uh, I'd love to show you what we have in the app so far, what we have in the works that's coming out soon. Um, and give you free access to try it out with your team and um, and see how you can better collaborate and help us build a better product. Uh, now, without any further ado, uh, I'd like to introduce Jakob Cohen, uh, Chairman and CEO of Harmony. Uh, he's got over 20 years in enterprise sales. Uh, he's a high-tech entrepreneur, serial innovator. Uh, Jakob Cohen, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. Woohoo! It's our pleasure. Uh, so Calabria is uh, a project that's uh, fully funded by and kind of incubated by Harmony. Harmony is a company that has a ton of experience, uh, a ton of history, and Calabria is some, somewhat of a product of the uh, of, of the lessons that uh, Jakob has learned uh, from his time in Harmony. So let's take things, Jakob, all the way back to the beginning, back as early as you can go on Harmony, what was it like getting started in sales? It was tough. So <laughs> I, I, was, uh, I was CTO, uh, and I came more from the technology side. And uh, I moved in uh, early 2000. I moved to um, California. Um, we were in Sunnyvale. And uh, as, a C- as a young CEO, I was promoted to CEO as a young CEO. With no sales experience, I had to manage um, 20 people sales team. Hmm. And uh, that was a, a very tough start. Wow. How do, how do those sales, like that sales team with all their sales experience, how do they kind of interact with you as, uh, as their boss with no sales experience? So, you know, they were like, let us do what we know what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, stay quiet. Uh, and each of them was uh, a different character, a different territory. You know, we had sales folks all over the US. And, uh, you know, at that time, the model was a lone wolf, mm-hmm. aggressive, uh, tough seller. And, uh, very opaque model also. Everyone was doing his own thing. 
So what's changed since then? Well, I think, you know, first this model, um, for me, it wasn't the right model because you end up, as a product person, I wanted the sales team to understand the product. And I wanted the sales team to, to pitch the product and the value for the customer derived from the product. So while I, I, I was fine having everyone saying it its own way, her mm-hmm. own way, um, I wanted some level of consistency and some level of knowledge of the product. And that wasn't the case. Everybody, um, some people didn't care at all about the product. They were just delivering. They cared about their quota. (laughs) They cared about the quota. They cared about getting the deal done. And, uh, you know, as time went on, this this doesn't work. You know, I think we have all have seen with... uh, with the, that it's not, you need to focus on a value. You need to focus on the customer and it's a lot easy to be said than to be done. Um, so yeah, you, we, you need to really rethink the whole sales process. And I think um, it has been going for years, but COVID has uh, accelerated the change. Mm-hmm. Accelerated the change into putting the customer first. And also the way it's not anymore about, uh, you know, the lone wolf and it's about the sales team because mm-hmm. COVID has made the team a lot more in the front line because if I'm not meeting the customer face-to-face, you know, whining and dining him, it's more a Zoom meeting. So there is first a shift from relationship to value. The customer is more focused on, just tell me the value. I don't have time. Tell me the value. Not that the relationship is not important, of course, but it's a mean to an end. The relationship is a mean to deliver the value. Um, And the value as the world is becoming more and more complex with more and more regulation, a more open world with more competition, Customers are more and more savvy because you can learn everything online. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, research shows that customers are spending more time online than they are spending on a Zoom call with the customer. Hmm. Which means you need to... When you say say the customer is spending more time online, you mean they're spending more time doing their own research without interacting with a person from the brand. Exactly. Uh, they're reading, they're watching on their own. Exactly, exactly. So when you finally get, uh, you, you need to have, or when you get online or when you meet face-to-face, which is coming back slowly, mm-hmm. um, you need to have all the answers. You know, you need to be delivering the right message. And it has to be, as a team, you know, we talk about, you don't need just to collaborate, you know, sales collaboration. A lot of time people think it's about helping each other. And it's a lot more than that. It's performing, having the team perform as one body. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and it's not natural. You know, we are all uh, very, we are all very self-centric. You know, we feel ourselves, 
a lot more than we feel the other, right? We are overwhelmed by, by, by our feelings and we don't feel the feeling of the other. You know, it takes, it's, it's so, so I think one of the first thing to do is to realize that collaboration is not natural. It's not the default. We, as a default, we are operating in our own bubble. We have a, a very self, even if we are not selfish, we are definitely self-centric. Meaning we see the world as well as the center of our own world. And the, to put the customer as the center of your world, it, it doesn't happen uh, naturally. You need to take, take away your bubble, take off your bubble. So, so if, if uh, collaboration is not the default and uh, to succeed in sales, you need to put the customer at the center of all your relationships, uh, how do you introduce that collaboration into uh, a pre-existing process that might be not collaborative? Well, that's, I don't know if you have the answer, because if you have the answer, <laughs> we listen to all podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to build the answer. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I think first is to have the team recognize that it's all right that you are not a collaborative person. It's all right. It's, it, we are, it's all right to be self-centric. That's the way, you know, we are aware, of our, we are experiencing ourselves first, okay? Mm -hmm. That's the most tangible experience that we have, it's of ourselves and how we're feeling. So it's all right, but you need to start helping each uh, member of the team to be more self-aware about their, their strength Everybody likes to talk about their strengths, but about also their blind spot and their weaknesses. Yeah. And as an individual, if you develop this type of self-awareness where you understand, you know, where my strength starts and where it ends, so I'm more open now to let somebody in. But how do you how do you teach somebody? Let's let's say, you know, you you come into to that team. Um, and it's all these, you know, sales pros that all know better than you. Um, and it's a bunch of lone wolves, lone wolves. How do you, how do you teach them or how do you convince them to, to throw off that, that lone wolf mentality and become a wolf pack? Yeah. So maybe first you need to hire the right people. I think, you know, in today's world, I wouldn't hire even a very talented lone wolf. Uh, because it's going to be very limited what you can do. I think you need to look for people which have, is in, which are already self-aware, which are genuine, which mm -hmm. are uh, interested in uh, the product, genuinely interested, not just faking an interest. Um, and they have at least the ability to... Um, to get out of their own bubble and start listening to their team members, but even more importantly, listening to their customer. Um, yeah, so I think that that's kind of the first step. Can you give us an example of a of a time or a change or something that happened that that happened because of a collaborative sales team that would not have happened otherwise? Yes, I, yes. So for example, you know, transparency, I think is really important to make this happen. Mm -hmm. So 
what I have seen, the same consistency in the way people were, being, were describing the company, the product, and you need some level of consistency. So we, one of the things we had done, we have done is to use cell simulations mm -hmm. and to use role playing. We had the professional actors which were perfectly uh, playing a customer and we would have um, a sales team come and present to this customer in front of the entire sales team. Mm -hmm. So this is, you know, this is transparency. It requires an openness. It requires an ability to, uh, to expose your weaknesses and to be willing to learn from them. It requires also the team to be very honest and to focus only on constructive feedback. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so this has improved dramatically our sales performance. Well, that's great. I mean, so you, you, hire, you hire an actor to like really research the company, the prospect and, and all the problems. That so they we have. are two actors. They yeah. were real professional actors. We train them. We train them about our business, about our current sales situation. We would get them to come once every six months and they would uh, mimic a specific situation. Mm -hmm. uh, the sales team would kind of know this is a meeting they are about to have. Mm -hmm. It was exactly part of our uh, sales funnel, you know, at the, and the, we had on the phone only for inside sales team and we had face-to-face. -face. Uh, we would even record uh, this interaction so people could improve themselves. So, you know, even simple things like some people, when, do you want to drink something, a glass of water? No, no, thank you. You don't say that because you, you yes, thank you. You don't ask for a double cappuccino, right? With, uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> a latte, you know, but, you know, the mere fact that you, we are exchanging water, uh, it's already a beginning of a dialogue. It's an openness. It's already, um, so that's the type of things people were not aware of, that they would start, you know, with very, how do you even manage a first uh, small talk? Right. Um, you know, would be meaningful to the rest right. of, the, of the interaction. So, and again, it's about having from the beginning this other centricity, you know, to be, it's not about if I'm thirsty or not. It's about if what I want to communicate to you, I mm -hmm. want to communicate to you that we are exchanging, we are, we are together. Right. I, I mean, it's 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 a cultural thing, also. I, I, depending on the culture, there's a there's a, but almost everyone has kind of a, an exchange of gifts uh, as part of hospitality and as part of the the, the opening to a business meeting. Um, some sort of like here's a coffee or here's water or something. Um, <laughs> it's always it's always good to accept it and not uh, say yes. I'll take a cappuccino with. Uh, Oat milk, uh, two sugars. So that's why we call it Calabria Cafe, right? <laughs> <laughs>
Customer Cafe by Calabria. Though I well, think we changed the name in every episode. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, all right. So in all these years, all right. So I want to, I, I keep on want to coming back to the beginning. I, this, there have to have been so many ups and downs uh, over the past, you know, uh, you said, you know, around 2000 when you became uh, yeah. the CEO until now, you know, it's 23 years later. Um, you know, what, what, what were the high highs and what were the low lows? You know, let's start with the lows because we, to some extent, we learn more from yeah. the failures. I mean, I, I really only wanted to talk about the lows, but yeah. you know, I wanted to give yeah. you a little thing to like, you know, start with a win, but like, let's jump into the failures. Let's do it. Yeah. So we lost deals, right? We lost a lot of deals and sales is a rocky journey. Um, and but actually, I, I really, I never got real upset when we lost a deal. Mm. Uh, because I, I, always, I always believed, and my coach, which when I was a, a CTO, was a, a really, uh, Ivor Scher, a really successful uh, sales executive. And he taught me one thing what stayed with me is that you never win a deal that you are not ready to lose. Um, so losing a deal is fine. You know, it's an opportunity to learn. Yes, of course you get upset and disappointed initially, but if we can learn from it, if we can improve, it's, I, I, that wouldn't really be a tragedy for me. Mm -hmm. What really made me kind of mad is when I realized that my sales team didn't perform. That we lost the deal because of this lack of transparency, this lack of consistency. You know, we, di I, we didn't know that that was a situation of the customer. We didn't read the customer situation. Uh, we didn't read the signs and we didn't communicate. We didn't work as a team. Yeah. And that's what's really painful when there was an opportunity to deliver a great solution to the customer and we missed that opportunity because we just didn't perform as one body. We didn't, we were not transparent enough about the signs during the sales process, which are always accumulating. You know, you don't, you lose a deal a lot earlier than when you learn you lost it. That's true. Uh, so that's, I think, this is the main thing. And I think today you see with companies like Gong, uh, which are recording calls, or that it's all about transparency. Mm -hmm. It's really about transparency. Only if you have transparency, you can learn. Only if you have transparency, you can get consistency across the team. You can get better coordination. You know, somebody can see something that you don't see. And we all have our, all have our blind spot. You know, we all, just because of our strengths. The other side, you know, the, the, the reason we need a team is because you, you need diversity of skills to come up with the right blended solution. Let me ask you, we've talked about how sales have changed when it comes in, to internal processes and training and, and everything you've spoken to. Um, 
how does it change in terms of the relationships? You know, is where does transparency lie? What, what do we share? Our customers, as you said, are very informed. What does that look like in today's 2023 setting? So you mean within the team is to be ready within the team to uh, have your calls being recorded. It means to have your presentation being shared, hmm. your proposal being shared. It's enable reuse, right? It's enable, but it's also, it's open up criticism to criticism. You know, people are gonna say, why did you do it that way, right? So mm -hmm. if you take that as a blunt attack, you know, obviously this requires an entire communication framework where people are aware of each other's sensitivity. It's required to rather than being the default is to be self-centric, it's be, to become other-centric. And if you are other-centric within the company, it's a lot easier to become customer-centric. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. or partner-centric also, right? Because you know, we are today we are, we have we have we have some great partners, and I really believe in partner sales. If you can take the the team concept to a cross-organization concept when you leverage a different organization, your partner. Uh, we have a new partner in Germany, DC.ag. So they have very different skills than we do, okay? So they have an amazing ongoing SMB sales engine. And we have been more focused on enterprise sales. So the, the combination of both set of skills is actually open up, you know, they are German, we don't speak German, we don't understand the mentality. So when you start leveraging cross-organization skills, cross-continent skills, you start really having opening up huge opportunities. But again, there it requires also the self-awareness, you know, call it humility. It has to, you know, it's a humility to know that you have still to learn, that you don't know it all. Within the team, as a CEO, you know, no matter how many cells you close, you still have a lot to learn because the world is, is always changing. And what you may know may be relevant or not relevant now. Long-term experience is baggage. Sometimes experience okay. is baggage. Experience yeah. is both a baggage and an asset at the same time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you need to be very careful how you use it. That's interesting. Um, I've never thought about experience being a, being a liability for somebody coming in. Yeah. But if it's the wrong kind of experience, I... I because I the world is changing, yeah. right? Yeah. So what was absolutely right 10 years ago, maybe totally false right now, and uh, you need to adapt. And adapting so, requires yeah. this type of humility, you know, evolving your, evolving requires a level of humility and a level of self-awareness, a level of readiness to learn and to challenge yourself, which is not easy. Again, it's not the default. The default mm -hmm. is to rely on, well, I've done it, I've accomplished a ton, and yeah, okay, you accomplished a ton, but talk to me about the future, not about the past. So, so let's talk about the future. Let's talk. Yeah. About, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, you you've been you've been doing this for more than twenty years. Like, what what's it going to look like twenty years from now? What's the sales process going to look like? 
Interesting. So, or you know, too far out. Is that like she would say five no, years? No, no. Yeah. Was, you know, well, yeah. 20 years yeah. out. 20 years out. I don't What's have a crystal back? ball. So, but I think, uh, yeah, you look at LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. It's funny because it's kind of a collaboration platform across all organizations. Right? You can, right. Uh, so, you know, you can have a video meeting on LinkedIn. You can, you can, share documents you can so i think you know overall it's going to be a network a collaborative network even with customers yeah and well it's you know even this notion of okay i'm the customer you're the supplier vendor i think you're going to start to look at it as a network of a of companies which are collaborating and individuals which are collaborating. And I have knowledge, I have a product, and let's see how we can work together. You know, you have these skills, I have these other skills. I think an economy, just a sharing economy, right? An economy where when we work together, you know, even with customer, in my last trip after COVID, I sat with a large insurance company and it's amazing how much we learn from their processes. You know, they are serving and we realized that, you know, they were, in our eyes, they were the customer, we were the vendor. So we come to make a sale. And then we realized that they are, they are a technology group within a large concern which are, in fact, they are serving 80 business units. Wow. So we started so shifting our Become view. more of a partner. Exactly. So they're almost a reseller. Hmm. Right? Yeah. So now we are saying, okay, let's start focusing on us selling you. Let's, we want to help you sell to your 80 business units, to your customers. What do you know about your customer? Maybe you don't know your customers. Maybe we can help you market to these guys. Let we can tell you are we marketing to our you know 50, 1600 customers. And maybe we can take some of these techniques that the way we marketing, educating, maybe we can tailor something for your 80 customers. Yeah. So we started to shift as more of a partner discussion, using some of the things we're doing with our partners around the world, mm-hmm. and they become a partner. Um, so they become almost an extension of our sales team. <laughs> so it was, uh, you know, we end up spending six hours with these guys, including dinner. And at dinner. the end of the meeting, you know, at the end of the six hours- What did, wait, what did you have for dinner? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was a good dinner, <laughs> uh, but at the end of the at the end of this day, you know, it was like had a different vision of what it is to sell today. It's a network of collaboration. It's a, it's not you, you know just an exchange of money. It's coming together to deliver more value. There is such a big potential when you look at it that way rather than just looking at a transaction. Um, and the money is important. I'm not saying the money is not important. You know, the money is critical. 
but the money become a side effect of an exchange of value. If you, yeah. if you want to make a lot of money, you need to stop focusing on money, on ARR. Uh, you know, if you are focused on ARR, you're, not, you're gonna get a little bit of it. If you focused on exchanging value, then you get, it becomes a side effect and, and it's very natural then to, to get that return on the value that, because the value is a lot bigger at the end of the, whatever they paid you, if there is a true partnership. Right, well, I, I'd, I'd say even further that, that like when you focus on exchanging value, and it, you know, you you so you swapped a little bit. You swapped back and forth between you know money and revenue, and then ARR. And I, I think ARR is is kind of a, a new way of looking at revenue that yeah. that is more focused on the value because you're not you're not looking at you know hey yeah. you get off the phone you have the credit card number you're going to swipe it and you know there's money in the bank. You 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 know when you make a sale today, you're you're closing a partnership. Yeah, it's, it's true. You know, it's about the long-term. Yeah, long -term it's a shift from a perpetual so, license. You yeah. know, that's a huge switch. One of the major things which happened is the switch from a perpetual license for the older among us, which remember, to, uh, to how we account for revenue in an annual recurring basis. Yeah. Um, before, you know, you would get a perpetual license and you would then get a 15, 20% maintenance revenue stream. Today, you need to prove yourself every year or even every month to get that recurring monthly revenue. Or, or, or... So yeah, I think it's a much more healthy way and it's more driven toward partnership. Right, if you're, not const if you're not constantly providing value, then you're yeah. you're you're out of a job. It's not about being a good salesperson and and you know closing a deal and. I agree. Fact, That's one of the reasons for the shift. That's one yeah. of the reasons for the shift to value. There is a shift toward value rather than just relationship or yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so you know the old way of selling. You know where where it's just focused on on money. Um, and it's, uh, you know, remember the, the, the movie with Alec Baldwin, uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, always be closing. So what's the new, what's the new dogma? Always be what, <laughs> what's, what, what are we meant to always be doing now? Yeah, I think is, uh, you know, why you have to be intentional about what you're saying. There's to be value driven, but I think it should be more always be collaborating, always be, be delivering ah. value. And delivering value, the... when you say when we say delivering value, it's already intent that there is an exchange of value. There is no exchange, there is no value one way. Okay, if I want to give you value, I need to get I need to get value from you. I need to learn from you. I can't mm -hmm. influence you if I'm not influenced by you. Yeah. Okay. Because if I, the mere fact that I'm listening to you and there is a new situation that I, I didn't think about, like these 80 business units, and you put me in a different situation that I didn't think about, so I'm now learning. So there is an exchange of value. So that's exchange of value means there is already collaboration. So I think we need to make that shift to internally and externally, where we are we are always collaborating. 
and to be collaborating. And of course, it's not the same collaborating within a team or within an entire organization or within between partners. There is always different level of transparency, but you need to be able to expose yourself. So to uh, transparency maybe is exposing everything, but a level yeah. of exposure. You need to accept vulnerability, okay? To accept that you are vulnerable. Not, you don't know it all. You have your weaknesses and you're okay to expose them because only when you expose them, the partner or your team member can complement them. So you can't collaborate without exposing vulnerability. And that's, exactly. the, that's the, like a key character trait that, that a modern sales pro yeah. need to, needs to have is, is being able to, to be vulnerable. Are you saying because then you have trust? Is that the idea that you have no, to... Trust is a, from the beginning to, to, to be ready for me to open up and say, I'm vulnerable. I need to trust you. Yeah. So trust needs to be built first, okay? And uh, that's another uh, thing. How do you create trust? That's an, uh, maybe another podcast. But once you have established trust, you, you now have... For, the people will be start to be able to be vulnerable, to open up. If there's no trust, everybody is in a defense mode and they don't want to get out of their comfort zone and they are in a survival mode. So we need to get people to expand, to thrive. They need to be safe, okay? So, so they can expose themselves. They need a certain level of trust. You won't be able, to, the partner, the, the customer won't open up if he's not trustworthy, if your brand is not trustworthy. Okay, yeah. you need to build that trust. The beginning of business is trust. Okay, there is nothing happening. No exchange is possible without trust. You know, um, I'm thinking uh, now about a, a previous guest we had on this podcast, uh, Jared Robin, uh, who spoke a lot about sales and how how it's all about being vulnerable and, and kind of exposing your, your own vulnerabilities and, um, and, and using that uh, for your sales. And I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm struck by the similarities in what you're saying uh, and what he said. Um, it's a good episode to check out if you're listening. If you want to <laughs> add that to your queue. Um, but yeah, no, that's really, that's really fascinating. Um, the, and I, I like how, you know, you've mapped out kind of the changes in sales, how it went from being so focused on the individual 20 years ago to being now starting to be focused on the team and collaboration. Uh, but then when we asked you about the future, uh, what was interesting is that you, you kind of brought it back to the individual. Um, and it's kind of with the assumption that we're all going to be collaborating so much more that kind of, I, I think the the individual starts to shine through. Um, and as individuals, we all become better at sales, better at whatever it is that we're doing, whether it's sales or not, um, because of the team that we surround ourselves by. Yeah, actually, it's, it's, it's interesting what you said, which is, it's not about giving up your uh, individuality, kind of the opposite. If I'm self-aware and I know my blind spots and I know my strengths, so now I can be a lot more free to do my thing. Yeah. And I, I know, you know, when I'm doing 
if I know, if I know I'm really good at coming up with, so for example, farmers and hunters, right? To take an old uh, uh, scheme. You have people which are more technical, which are very comfortable creating this customer satisfaction. And if they are self-aware, they need to bring somebody else when you need to get that on sale. Because it has to be win-win, right? So sometimes you can you can have you can end up in a master-slave relationship with your customer when you are the slave. That doesn't sound also, very collaborative. Huh? That doesn't sound very collaborative. Exactly. So there is a need. Collaboration means also balance, right? Mm -hmm. There is a balance balance uh, relationship. Um, so if I know I'm really good at so within our customer success team, you know, we have some folks which are a lot more farmers than enters and the opposite. So they know when to bring in somebody else, which will help them re-equilibrate the relationship. Okay. Yeah. Um, it may be even the CFO to, to step up on a call and say, hey, listen, this doesn't make business sense for us. You know, mm -hmm. um, so actually, I will the 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 farmer become a lot better farmer because he doesn't need to think. I know I'm a far, I'm only a farmer, and he start trying to to rein himself. You know, he's just flow. He goes in on his natural flow, which is really who he is, and he's doing extremely good at it. He's extremely well. And then he knows when to pull in a team member. So actually having this collaboration schema enable every one of the individual to be at, at, at his top. It's like a sport team, right? You have the yeah. striker, you know, we're just back from Qatar, mm -hmm. from the World Cup. You know, you look at the best teams, they have a very good understanding of the strengths and weaknesses of each member and the way the ball will circulate and is really at the end, it's really getting the team to shine. But the individual remains tremendously important because you know he needs to do his own thing now. It's up to you now as a striker to put the ball in the net and nobody else is gonna do it for you. Yeah. So it, it's a beautiful idea, but you know, when it comes to the office, everyone does have to put food on their own table and everyone has their own careers to look out for. So how do you nurture that sense of teamwork and individual responsibility and accountability? You know, at the end, you what's going to make all of us successful in a company, if, is, if, if you get it as a cake, is becoming a lot larger. Rather than, that's what's going to make everybody more successful. Rather than fighting on the slice of the of a small cake, right? We can be fighting each of, about the a small uh, tart, you know, really small. But or we can make the pie much bigger. So if you show that vision and that where we're heading as a company, and we're here to transform sales collaboration, and we're here to to really get, be part of a world of collaboration, which is a world is heading that way anyway. Um, I love that. Like, and, keep your eyes on the pie, not the prize, but the pie. Yeah, <laughs> not only a piece of the pie, because 
the instinct, our instinct is to be focused on the piece of the pie. And our piece. I remember in my first job, I started to act that way and, and I was stuttering. You know, in meetings, I couldn't, I, I you know, today I, I kind of flow when I speak. But I couldn't speak because I was very focused on my interest. And at some point I realized that I had to let it go. Reminds me a little bit of Shark Tank in a good way. I love Shark Tank. <laughs> you know, where they're like, but if you have a shark on your team, that 10% is worth 50%. It's very important to make sure you, you are the right people right. for your culture, right? Not, uh, you, you can't educate, you know. In a company, you cannot educate people. For, they have been educated by their family, right? And the world previous and you can fine tune, you can, but you cannot start from, from scratch. So it's important to define who you hire if you subscribe to this type of culture. So, so Yaakov, uh, something that we like to, to wrap up every podcast with um, is just kind of an examination into, you know, who you are and how you got to where you are. Like, how, what do you recommend to people who want to learn more about sales, more, learn more about leadership? Um, who do you read? What do you read? Who do you listen to? Uh, who are some, some content creators or influencers that you might follow for growth or professional development? So I, okay. I'm, uh, I have a few things. I like the wall street journal. Okay. The wall street journal. Yeah, I like uh, Open View, the, uh, the Open View podcast. You know, this is a, a Boston VC venture capitalist, uh, experts in PLG. I yeah. think the whole PLG model uh, talks to me. But actually, my way to learn leadership and sales is through the Bible. So that has been my way for the past uh, 22 years or maybe a little more, hmm. that has been my source of inspiration. So uh, I've been blogging about it and I've been talking about it. I've been lecturing about it. Um, you know, if you want to learn about negotiation, take a look at the way in Genesis, Abraham acquired the cave of the patriarchs. Um, and the, the Abraham was a tough negotiator, you know? <laughs> Uh, well, actually, he was, no. it's a win-win. He was very focused on win-win, actually. He was, uh, he used, I compare these stages of negotiation to uh, Harvard win-win theory article. So actually, I could uh, post that as a follow-on to the blog. He was a good win-win uh, uh, strategist. And he paid an Because he, he insisted on paying even after the cave was offered for free by Efron. Exactly. So this is for me. Is you get an A, of, Menachem. It was my bar mitzvah parsha. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> so it's about self, you know, about looking out to refine yourself rather than all the time kind of, uh, you know, just more and more knowledge. I think refining ourselves, and I think we talked about it in this forecast, has been kind of my compass that if you want to be a better leader and a better salesperson, you need to refine yourself. You need to be a better person. I think yeah. I appreciate everything you're saying. And I think it's, it's 
I just want to verify it that um, something that I appreciate about you, Yaakov, is that you are a leader and a teacher, but you're also a lifelong learner. You're someone who's always trying to notice the small things and the larger things and think about how that reflects on individuals or business or what have you. And it's something that I, I value from our time together. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think for me, a big takeaway from today was the baggage, you know, everyone has baggage, personal baggage, professional baggage, and being open to acknowledging it, but working forward and moving from it. It's not easy. Exactly. Awesome. So open view, Wall Street Journal and the Bible in that order. Yeah. <laughs> to be a, <laughs> no, opposite to, importance. To <laughs> All right. Jakob Cohen, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for joining us for today's brew. Like what you heard? Let the world know. Leave a five-star review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. Subscribe now so you never miss an exciting episode. See you soon.